0: Thank you, New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. Why am I thanking her at the top of the show? Well, she decided to suspend open and concealed carry laws in just a small portion of her state, but for only 30 days, right? 30 days to stop the spread of high gun crime. We've heard this before, ladies and gentlemen. Now, there are people that will tell you they don't know whether or not what she's doing is unconstitutional and that you need to wait for a judge to make a decision any of my listeners that have been listening to the show for some time, they know that there's two words that I hate when they're put together and that's constitutional rights. I hate constitutional rights because the constitution gives you no rights. The constitution protects your rights. And all we have to do is go back to the declaration of independence back in 1776 where we were told we have a right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And you would know that I would ask my audience, was it during the Declaration of Independence that we were given the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness? Or did we get more rights when the Constitution was ratified? Or did we have those before 1789? Was it the Bill of Rights in 1791 that gave us freedom of speech and the freedom of religion for the very first time? Well, they're presumably people on Twitter and X and on social media that they believe that it was government that gave you rights. The government could shred the constitution. They could burn all the documents that they had signed up in Philadelphia, but those actions wouldn't change any of the rights that we all have. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America emboldened. Great, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the
1: principles
0: in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, on the America Out Loud Network. You can go over to americaoutloud.news, check out all my colleagues' work, as well as the 24-7 talk radio network available on all of your favorite podcast as well as app devices in the app store just type in america out loud where you can hear my show as well as all the other content that's happening 365 days a year 24 7. it's non-stop we're bringing you cutting edge information well cutting edge information well you heard at the top of the show new mexico what is going on with the governor thinking that she can suspend the second amendment just in a few of her towns that she has the right to do that as a public emergency there's no such thing that she can create a public emergency for this that does not happen we're going to go through it today as well as people on twitter arguing like ed krassenstein stating that Grisham is suspending open and concealed carry laws in small portions of her state for 30 days. These are areas with high gun crime. No, we don't know if her suspension is unconstitutional or not until it's challenged and decided by a judge, but she said she is open to a challenge. He continues, unlike what many on social media are claiming, she never said that the first and second amendments do not exist. What she did say is no constitutional right is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms and to some degree that's true. Ed, this was a garbage take. Absolutely. And with over 1.8 million people checking in on this, I knew that I had to open my mouth as a good friend and state why it was a garbage take because I couldn't let it stand. See, you use the word about constitutional rights, and if you listen to the beginning of the show, it is just really drives a stick up my rear to hear that. I can't listen to people talk about constitutional rights. There's no such thing, and it tells me how ignorant and stupid people are if that's the way they were taught in civics class, or if they believe that the Constitution in some way, shape, or form granted you rights magically when the document was drafted. Nope you have rights at birth and those rights were defined back in the declaration of independence so for the nimwits that are out there that are going oh he's talking about the constitution and immediately he goes to the declaration of independence yeah that's because the declaration of independence the constitution and the bill of rights are the three most important documents to every single american And so we can look at the Declaration of Independence to find what we were founding our country on, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, there's some people that would like to tell you that the pursuit of happiness can't be absolute because what if all of a sudden your pursuit of happiness means that you're going to kill somebody else? I couldn't believe somebody was stupid enough to write crimes to try to justify as if that is an argument of your rights. You do not have a right to crime. You do not have the right to take somebody else's life for pleasure in pursuit of your own happiness, you moron. I didn't think I ever had to say these words, but apparently we are that stupid as a society now that not only do people not understand that they had rights at birth and it's not government that is supposed to give you rights. It's supposed to be you that have rights that are protected by government, but people maybe can't even realize that there's governments that abuse their rights. (gasps) Oh my God, that's where slavery came from, ladies and gentlemen. When government is abusing those rights, it doesn't mean that they were right back then. It means they were always wrong and the constitution in its original form. We said that everybody had the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, but what about slaves? So the 14th amendment didn't grant any rights to slaves. It simply finally acknowledged that they should have had those rights protected from the beginning. And so that's the crutch of this conversation today. It's talking about how you cannot take away somebody's rights as government or else it's immediately unconstitutional. And so that's what I was trying to point out on Twitter. Now I realize I got 100,000 people listening to the show and only a handful of those individuals, like six thousand of them, follow me on Twitter. So most of you did not see this conversation. So if you're coming to my show for the first time because you discovered me, of uh, the hundred thousand plus people that read my uh, comments to Ed, well, I, I'm rehashing a bit today because I want my audience to hear the conversation. Look, I said to Ed at that time that there are inalienable rights, and the Second Amendment doesn't give you a right to carry. It gives you a right to your life and you get to protect that life because you have a right to it. How do you get to protect it? By any means necessary for the people that are going well, the founding fathers, they could have never imagined things beyond muskets. Oh, really? Yes, they could have, because you could own a cannon back then. See it's the modern talking points of individuals that don't understand where their rights come from. They understand rights, Only from this perspective of privileges. And so, well, you're not privileged enough to own that cannon now. Look, if you have the means, you can own whatever you want to own. But just because you can own a missile, per se, I know this sounds really out there, but follow this. Just because you could own a missile does not give you a right to use that missile unless your right to live is being threatened. And that missile could only eliminate the person of which is causing you do the stress and harm to the point where your life is an immediate grave danger. And that missile cannot harm any innocent life outside of that person looking to do you harm. This is the principles of protecting your life. It is the reason why we have shall not be infringed. And for the other nimwits that tried to do the, uh, what is it, John Stewart talking points that he gave out to everybody on the left that was against the Second Amendment when he says, you know, let's talk about what a well-regulated militia is. Look, Nimwit, you are the well-regulated militia. You are exactly what the Founding Fathers were hoping you'd be. They never wanted a huge army. They wanted citizens that understood that if a tyrannical government, both domestic or foreign, were to attack again, that it would be affordable for us to defend ourselves and it would create a more secure society for everyone. Now, for whatever reason, no one wants to talk about the mental health crisis that. I believe is behind all of the school shootings and the different things that are going on as far as violence in this world. No one wants to talk about poverty and the role that it has in the drug wars and the violence in cities and gangs. No one wants to talk about failed policies for years with uh, affordable housing, which trapped people into neighborhoods where they can't afford things. I always talk about you know poverty is a self-fulfilling prophecy for many people because our government does not actually want to end poverty. How do I know we don't want to end poverty? Look at the money we're sending over to the Ukraine, right? That could be used very quickly to get people off the streets and make sure that no one is starving, that people have meals right here in our own country. But there's not a good conversation about that. But I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole right here at the present moment. I want to talk about what's going on in New Mexico. I want to know why people think that the Supreme Court has some type of authority to decide whether or not something is constitutional. They don't. If you look at the Constitution, the Constitution tells you what is constitutional. I want you to look up however you want. You can Google it. You can duck, duck, go it, whatever search engine it might be. Maybe you call a lawyer that's a good friend. If you got a constitutional scholar, give a constitutional scholar a, a, a shout. I want you to show me Where in the judicial branch of the Constitution does it ever declare that the Supreme Court or any of the courts decide what is constitutional that we need to to follow? It doesn't. I'll save you a, a search. I'll save you having to make a phone call. I'll save you having to look it up on Google. It doesn't decide that anywhere. In fact, it was the courts that gave themselves the power to make some of these decisions in 1803 which violates the constitution. Why hasn't anyone done anything about it? Well, there's a lot of things that violate the constitution every single day. And those of you that have listened to my shows in the past know that back in August, I covered this extensively for an entire week. I talked in a five-part series about how the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch at this point in time have all violated the constitution repeatedly And no one does anything about it. Does that make it right? No, it does not. It doesn't make it right whatsoever. But unless we, the people, and yes, I'm putting that in quotes as I say it, decide that it finally matters, there's nothing you're going to do about it. Which is why I also tell listeners pretty regularly the Constitution is basically dead. It's very sad for me to say that. But it's dead because people have stopped caring at least so I thought. When I put out this post, I had no idea 100,000 people were going to see it and have 2000 plus people reaching out to me, about 10,000 people talking about in total back and forth. And I had no idea that people were like, I actually get this or thank you. I, I never really learned it this way. How did you learn it this way? While well, I studied under the late Michael Bidnark. My listeners know this already. I also have a friend here on the network who is running the Constitution study. His name is Paul Engel. You can find his work right here on the America Out Loud Network. And I have a ton of constitutional scholars, people that have studied the history that I've been friends with. Does that mean I'm an expert on the Constitution? no. It means that I am an expert on knowing my rights because I've taken classes on the constitution because I've read the constitution repeatedly because I've read books after book on interpretation of the constitution and understand the federalist papers. I've read most of the federalist papers as well because I'm a stupid nerd like that, but do I have a degree in constitutional law? No, but that should not disqualify me from being able to talk about this. For those individuals that would like to ad hominem type of attack, my character, based upon credentialism or what I do or do not have, I think if you get to listen to my shows, I got over 300 that you can go back through here on the network alone. I think if you go back through my body of work, you'll discover that I'm rather knowledgeable on a lot of topics, and I claim to be an expert in absolutely none of them. Why? Well, it's like my friend John said one time. He was sitting in the library and he said, look at the books behind me, Greg, how many of these books do you think I've read? And of course, I know the answers, hardly any of them. And I know that's the answer for all of us. Even the greatest scholars have not read even a fraction of the books on the topics that they claim that they know everything about, or they try to give the authoritative voice that they know everything about. But I know because all those books exist that we are all searching to better ourselves, hopefully, in having a little bit more of a piece of that. We're all looking to obtain a little bit more. Now, I read constantly. I I, I probably read the equivalency of three of the four books in a week. And as far as uh, the summaries of different papers and decisions, I'm always reading those as well. Why? Because I can't get enough of knowledge, whether it's science, whether it's history, whether it's art, whether it's music, which I know is part of art. But I love immersing myself. And my favorite part is philosophy. I loved philosophy in college. I really did. But it's because I love all of this stuff that I feel that I can at least hopefully teach people about this. It's also because in case you didn't know this about me, if you're tuning in for the first time, I'm also a teacher. I'm a high school teacher, but I've taught at a college level. I've taught at a grade school level. I've taught sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I've taught ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th. And I've taught at the college level. I think that, you know, as far as getting messages across, I do a pretty good job at that. And so I'm not going to back down on that either. So getting back to New Mexico, that's what we are here to talk about right now. Which rights that you have, are you okay with being suspended? Now, people may not like the second amendment because they might think it's big and scary. Oh no. People have guns. People have weapons. They might have a knife on them. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. But I would say to you that you probably are around people with guns every single day and have no clue and no idea. Why? Because they're law abiding citizens. They understand that they cannot harm another human being, that the only way they could ever use that weapon that they carry on them every day, keep in the car every day is if they need to defend their life and their liberty, if they need to defend their possessions according to property their family members right we understand that hopefully if you don't understand that without a weapon that you cannot fully defend yourself against somebody that has a weapon you're an idiot i'm sorry i can't put it in a different term for you but that just means that you cannot grasp basic logical common sense and i find that there's a lot of people now they can't grasp common sense. So we now know that the courts have no way to have a final authority on whether or not something is constitutional. It doesn't exist in the constitution. So if you're going to quote the constitution as you're talking about all this, then at least make sure that you are talking about what the courts do versus what the constitution does. The courts are going to decide whether or not you broke the law or you're within the law, not the constitution. Now, they will also say laws that are made, whether the Constitution covers that law, Roe v. Wade. That was the exact decision back in June of 2022. They got everybody fired up. They said, all right, well, the right to an abortion isn't something specifically stated inside the Constitution. They didn't rule that abortion was unconstitutional. They ruled that abortion was not covered by the the constitution and therefore it could not be lawful there's ways that if the legislation really wanted to work on that they could i just know it probably won't pass also on top of all that now that we know that scotus doesn't do all this you should read marbury versus madison where the courts give themselves the authority and doesn't make it constitutional then it won't make it constitutional now and it won't be constitutional in the future. But people need to be educated on this. There is no interpretation needed on your rights. I stated over the weekend, if you need to interpret whether something is a right or not, there's either two things happening. One, it's a privilege, not a right. Or two, someone is violating your right. So maybe the conversation needs to be, what is a rights what is something that you get simply by being born well we the people are the ones that need to have that conversation so i would say that the government is violating people's rights right now in new mexico i would say that when we have executive orders that the constitution never thought should be allowed in the way that it's being used, that the president is violating the constitution. It goes on and on and on, but in the name of progress, people accept it. And I don't think it's right. And it's not a right or a left issue. No, 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 no. Because when the Patriot act passed, which by the way, here we are September 11th, many years later, which ushered in the Patriot Act, which might be the most unconstitutional document of all time, taking away people's rights from search and seizure, allowing people to sneak into your home. They don't have to tell you for 48 hours that they were there or that they searched your things. And even then you stuff the trust that the government's actually going to tell you, right? The Patriot Act, what a perfect time to talk about something that people accept as constitutional that's not and still being used here on this anniversary. (sighs) I just wish people would get educated on this stuff, but I, I guess our school systems are failing in civics class. I guess that we don't have the ability to teach people about the background, not just the words that are on the piece of paper, but the background as far as how they got there. I think that seems to be the main problem no one really wants to study the federalist papers no one really wants to look at the declaration of independence and the bill of rights in the concepts of how we got to where we are today people don't want to look at it for the perspective of a classic system classism of just going all right here we go we have this document that was perfected in an ideology back in the 1700s turn of the 18th century and now, for whatever reason, we think we could just get away from that document. The country's going to be okay. It served us really, really well. But we've gotten so far away from a lot of the principles in it. Think about your Congress. The Constitution doesn't say the Congress is supposed to meet all year long and be career politicians. The Constitution says that they just need to make sure they meet at least once over a year to make sure the State of the Union is strong. That's why people like myself say government is too damn big because we go back to the constitution, they never expected government to get this big. They thought the states could manage things so much better, but yeah, it's out of progress. It's out of the concept of, oh, well, we're gonna make this a little bit more perfect, but it's not out of progress in the right way. You know what it's out of? It's out of the progress of collectivism. It's out of the progress of saying, well, we need to care about what the community wants. You're right, we should care about our brothers and sisters. I'm not somebody who doesn't believe that. But not at the expense that the community gets the rights. Not at the expense that all of a sudden the community dictates to me what my individual rights are. See, a community can never dictate what my individual rights are. So, you might not like the fact that I have a right to my life. You may not like the fact that I have a right to defend my life, but your community rights to say, well, I don't like it if you have a weapon. That doesn't really mean anything. You can take it, you can shove it. Why? Because communities and their rights are abstract. I'm an individual. I am real. And by birth, I have my life. So communities, they cannot ever, ever have any part of an individual. It doesn't matter how many individuals are part of that community. They cannot represent a rights for anybody in any way shape or form you only have individual rights whether you're in a community or you're not but that is the progressive behavior of places like moms demand action that are trying to get rid of second amendment rights second half of the show here i'm going to play the audio that started this whole storm from new mexico you're going to stick around for it and we'll get into some other things kick off the week get into it well if you're a new listener thanks for listening in you can always go to AmericaAndBolden.com. check out my website you can follow me at real greg bolden and make sure that you're going over to americaoutloud.store where you can check out all the sponsors that help keep the lights on here at the network some health products great stuff for you to choose from and so that is an awesome uh, opportunity for you to help support all the shows that are on here I'll be right back in just a few moments, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to America Bolden with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty.
1: America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for
0: the soul of humanity.
2: This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD.
0: Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Bold American, second half of the show. Whoa, we got a little long there in that first half. I did like 20 minutes. Normally, I like to try to do a 30, 35-minute long show to keep the drive short, but here we are. I guess I was just uh, going on and on about this uh, topic here, so I apologize for that. We'll try to keep the second half here more concise as we get right back into it. I want to play you the audio that this uh, New Mexico governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, of what got this entire storm started. So here it is.
1: If you are out under this order, if it stands, you notice I said, if, and I think I've warned everyone that we expect a challenge, probably while you're writing this, we're getting a challenge and that's the way it should work. Last follow Yeah.
0: You took but oath. your
1: point is valid. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carry license? With one exception, and that is if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute there are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedom. Oh, okay.
0: There's restrictions on your free speech that are lawful uses of speech. There's restrictions on your freedoms. As far as what is lawful, no one is restricting your rights. You can say whatever you want to say, but there are penalties for saying things that cause harm to other individuals. You can have the freedom to do just about anything you wanna do as long as it does not harm another individual. It is your right. The government doesn't give you a freedom of speech. You have the freedom of speech to say whatever you want. The government just says, is it lawful or did people get hurt from your speech? Did you incite a riot? Were you in charge of this? And you deal with those consequences if you do that. Continue.
1: In this emergency, This 11-year-old and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. And I'm doing everything I know to do, and I think uh, showing a little courage, uh, even when the clarity of that courage will be challenged, is worth (laughs) the fight.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth the fight because you're going to be in a hell of a fight, lady. You're going to be in a fight because what you did is absolutely impeachable. You're violating the Constitution. Your emergency, right? You have constitutional limits on state authority, and your guaranteed rights remain in full effect during an emergency, which means you cannot take away this right, the Second Amendment. What's even better is this was already ruled on in New York. New York ruled this a while back that stated that I think it was like nine other states, Delaware being one of them, the one that I live in, are unconstitutional in the way that they handle concealed carry and open carry. So the the Supreme Court's even ruled on this, that the Constitution states shall not be infringed. It doesn't matter if you have an emergency, you know, (laughs) this, this whole 30 days, the stop of the spread of gun violence is a lot like COVID 15 days, the slow, the spread, which turned into 30, which turned into 60. Look, I asked Ed Krasenstein on Saturday, would you be okay? If your freedom of speech was suspended for the next 30 days or worse yet, Krasenstein, would you be okay if Twitter said you couldn't tweet for 30 days and can't get paid by them? I don't think so. You wouldn't like that so much. But if it's an issue that you care about, like the Second Amendment, all of a sudden, oh God, yeah, f- this is the greatest argument ever. We finally can get rid of people having guns because they're scary and they, they really hurt my feelings. I don't want to have those. Now, I'm not saying that's how Ed personally feels about guns, but I'm just saying that there are a lot of people. That's how they feel. They feel that people should not have them. And they're cheering this on right now, but I'm telling you, they shouldn't because the Second Amendment is going to uphold your First Amendment. It really is. It's very important. The Federalist Papers talked about that, that the Second Amendment was just as important as the First Amendment, if not more important. But yeah, don't heed the Federalist Papers. Don't heed the Founding Fathers. Don't heed this dude with a podcast that's talking to you right now. I'm telling you, we are in trouble, 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 trouble with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that doesn't stand for president. <laughs> and anyway, got that reference, little music man for you. All right. What else is going on over the weekend in the world that has me, uh, going, wow, this is going really interesting. Well, first, did you see what happened to Donald Trump in Iowa? I, I posted on my, uh, X page, you know, Twitter that I was really blown away by this photo that somebody took. I said, this is likely the greatest photo that has been taken so far in 2023 in the United States. It is a photo of people giving Donald Trump the middle finger while others are turning their phone around, cheering him on, putting up the number one finger while others are trying to get that selfie of him with them in the uh, foreground, him in the background. He's behind the glass there in the box, waving to everybody. And there are cheers and there are boos. And it was just really a microcosm of exactly where the country is right now. You know, Donald Trump in that photo, I I think that you can see just how many people absolutely can't stand the man and how many people love the man. And so where Iowa, everything gets kicked off here, right? We have the Iowa caucuses to see this turnaround on Donald Trump and what normally he would probably get cheered a few years ago. Now people either love him or they hate him. But I think that despite all that, despite all that, he's still polling extremely well. I I, I don't get it. You, you hear me all the time. I say I, I don't get the obsession with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I, I, I don't understand. And I've had people try to explain it to me. I don't understand the rhetoric behind why people want either, except for the fact that there are no other good options for Americans. We got to start looking at third parties. You know, I, I've had this guy on my show a number of times, and I'm actually a, a sincere big fan of his, Mike Termot. Mike Teremott worked in the White House. Uh, he worked as an advisor for finances under Bush, and he's running as the libertarian candidate uh, against a number of other individuals. But I would support him. I'd support him because I like what he said about foreign policies. I like what he has as far as a plan for the economy. And I think it would shake things up in Washington, DC to have a libertarian with a Republican and Democrat Senate and house. It would bring some perspective and balance and talking points that I don't think Americans knew that they needed that they sorely need right now. So, I'm really urging people at this point in time, break the system, the the uni party of the Republicans and Democrats. They're not taking us anywhere right now. I mean, Joe Biden over the weekend put out a Twitter post stating that our economy is doing great, that unemployment's at a record low. And I'm just going, why is this guy so optimistic about 8% as the interest rates for homes? Why is he so optimistic about 63% of Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck? That was 61% just a year ago, which doesn't tell me that the economy is getting better. It tells me it's getting worse. But Joe Biden is like, nothing to see here, guys. The house is burning down, but look over here. Oh, look, it's it's a pretty scene of a sunset. Yeah, but all you got to do is turn around from the sunset and you see the entire United States is on fire right now. <laughs> Actually, kind of literally, because what else is going on? Well, you know, I've been covering the Lahaina story. I'm covering the the wildfires and talking to the people that live there. But now we have a volcano that is erupting in Hawaii on top of all that. Now, that's not in uh, Maui. Just to make that really clear. But the poor state of Hawaii can't get a break now. And what's our government going to do about it? Nothing under Joe Biden. Because it's not the best we've ever done. It's not the best standpoint of uh, financial health right at this moment. So Joe Biden is just as bad as any of these other candidates. I don't have an answer for my listeners either. Other than we need to mobilize ourselves for efforts of how we ourselves can take back control of the local elections of the policies that are being put in place at your local counties that affect your day-to-day life and start working on it slowly but surely working back up to try to regain respect for the constitution regain a perspective that you have rights and they're not granted by people that want to take them away or tell you what you're allowed or cannot do give you privileges turn your rights into privileges like, you know, your freedom to travel, which some people in the future would like to take away that freedom from you and make it so it's just a privilege. And I understand driver's licenses here in the United States. I've covered this on my show before. It's a privilege, but it's really not. It's actually a, it's a contract that turns into a privilege and you don't have to enter into that contract. You can find that show as well. Uh, I believe that was an August show. We can teach you how to do that. All right. Let's look to, we have the 10 most dangerous cities in the United States right now. And uh, they're pretty interesting when we go through. All right, so Monroe in Louisiana is the top spot for the most crime-riddled town over the last two years. But it is no longer in first place. There is a new arrival. Now, according to this research by Security Gauge, there's a small southwestern suburb in Birmingham, Alabama that has only 27,000 people that live there and they are tops for crime per capita. All right, so Bessemer in Jefferson County is the most dangerous place to live in America based on proportional crime rates and the rank of the 100 most crime ridden place to live out of every town with at least 25,000 residents or more is out there as well. So let's start here. We got number one, Bessemer. Tops 2023. They have 33.18 violent crimes per 1,000 people. That means you have an extremely large chance of being involved in a violent crime if you live in Bessemer. Monroe has a 1 in 38 chance of becoming a victim of violent crime. All right, that is horrible with 47,000 people living there in that northern Louisiana city. Saginaw, Michigan which is 100 miles away from Detroit, uh, is 25.1 out of 1,000. Memphis, Tennessee, isn't that the the birth of rock and roll, right? We got Elvis over there, the huge rock and roll scene. They got 700,000 people that live there. Well, guess what? They're basically tied for third place in this study. It's also ranked in the top three for where you're going to be killed as far as a homicide hotspot. Uh, and people are saying that it's soft on crime, democratic leadership and low police morale. That's driving those numbers there. Detroit, Michigan is still high on the list. Birmingham, Alabama, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas, Alexandria, Louisiana. I've been in Alexandria before. Really nice people live there. Cleveland, Ohio is in 10th. Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio. What was that show? That's the song Cleveland Rocks. I forget what show that was. Drew Carey was on it. I can't remember the name right now. Anyway, that's in 10th place. 17.1 out of a thousand individuals. These are horrible numbers. Did I list your city? Did I list where you live if you're listening to my show? If so, you know, be careful when you go out there. I, I want my uh, my listeners around for many, many more years, or else I'll eventually start talking to nobody. So I guess if I were to continue to do this show. For the next 10 years, chances of you being involved in a violent crime if you lived in one of those places are extremely high. So maybe I should just say, I hope that my listeners don't live there or that they move, because that would not be good if they were still there whatsoever. All right. I talked last week about the Democrats are freaking out because Joe Biden's numbers are, are really bad. I'm just waiting for Donald Trump's numbers to be bad, which I don't think is going to happen. But again, I just wish we could get a third party and all of that. Uh, So we'll continue to listen for that. Uh, Apple tomorrow on Tuesday, will be announcing its new line of products. Uh, They're going to be announcing the iPhone 15. And I'm hoping that they'll finally have something, but wait, there is more. I'm not holding my breath for it, but anytime Apple does an announcement, there's people that are watching because they want to see the magic of what do they have that's next. And I got to be honest, it's been many years since a technology company has come out with something where I'm going, Ooh, I can't wait for that to come out, but uh, hopefully they'll do something here rather quickly. And uh, we'll have something new to see, even if it's not Apple, maybe somebody else could finally put something out there. And then on Friday show, you probably heard me talk about a hurricane that was moving from the uh, East to the west hurricane lee and everybody was all upset and i was like well it's gonna be a category five but I'm not too worried because i think it's gonna go well north and east of the east coast and it looks like that is going to happen in fact it's expected that by thursday it's going to start becoming a category two as it moves further north by 8 a.m saturday it'll be well off the coast uh, just due east of Virginia and then by the next morning, Sunday, because it, they quicken as they get into the northern hemisphere, it should be up by Canada, well east of Maine. So. It does not look like Lee is going to harm any of us, ladies and gentlemen. We should be good to go. But I would tell you that there is another formation coming off the coast of Africa. And we'll have to wait to see what that's going to do here in the future as well. And Margo, the other storm that formed after Lee, that's not going to do anything. Don't worry about it. That's staying well, well, well off our coast. All right. Uh, so that is basically the the top stories of the weekend going into this week. So I think I can call it a day and I'll be back on Wednesday with another show. I highly recommend it. if you tuned in today, the to out you know, Constitution content, go listen to my show that I did back in July of 2022 with the late Michael Benark. It was his final interview. I think that you'll learn a ton from him. Don't take my word from it. Take it from the Godfather of the Constitution himself. And you'll hear some great info. We can go back to my shows, August of 2023, where I do a five-part series explaining a lot of this to my listening audience. And I'm scheduling at this point in time a Twitter Space, X Space, to have constitutional scholars—people that understand what the Constitution does and does not do for us—in an X Space where you can tune in and you can ask them questions. And we can get clarification, too. We can get the experts to talk about this. So you're not just listening to this guy with a podcast. Anyway, this guy with a podcast really appreciates you tuning in. I got to run. I got to go. Got things to do. I hope that you all have an absolutely wonderful week. I hope that it's in good health and in fun. And I'll be back on Wednesday to talk to you all again. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Bye.